0: This is Brett Hayworth and welcome to What's the Frequency, our half-hour show that follows the exchange on Siouxland and public media. Together, the two shows give you a variety of important information on key issues that impact our lives. In this episode, we dig into the extended processes by the Sioux City Council, Sioux City School Board, and Woodbury County Board of Supervisors to set budgets for the next fiscal year ahead. Those entities are led by people elected to determine funding and spending for key programs that deliver crucial services such as education in the Sioux City School District, plus law enforcement, housing, social services, streets and roads, libraries, economic development, parks and recreation spaces, and much more. To piece all that spending together, the city council members, the county supervisors, and school board members will tap into property tax revenues, plus sales tax, state and federal funding, plus other resources. In Iowa, those budgets must be sent by mid to late April for the 2024-25 fiscal year ahead that begins in July. Budget deliberations began in January, and a lot of hard decisions lie ahead. Joining me today on What's the Frequency to discuss where those budgets talks stand, about two months in, are Matthew Ong, who is chairman of the Woodbury County Board of Supervisors, Bob Padmore, who is the city manager for the city of Sioux City, and Rod Earlywine, the superintendent for the Sioux City School District. And just to make sure I explain these roles right, Matthew is the only elected official on our panel who will actually vote to finalize a budget. Whereas Bob and Rod don't actually vote on the final budget plans, but they are the chief officials who help explain details for city council and school board members that they work with. Thank you for all three of you for being here today, for joining me. Uh, To begin, let's go one at a time to give your timeline on setting the budget. When do the departments start to craft the proposed budgets and when are they first, first discussed in public meetings and how far along are you and roughly what is the total budget amount in millions? Let's go with Bob for the city first.
1: Thanks for having me today, Brett. You bet. Appreciate it. Um, We actually begin our budget that we're discussing now for the next fiscal year, which begins this upcoming July, last July. Okay. Um, We break our budget into two components, our capital improvements plan, which in large part are streets, major construction projects, and things like that, and then our operating budget, which are staff and the related costs of operating city hall and the various divisions within our departments. Um, As I said, we start in July with development of the capital improvement plan, followed a few months later by starting the development of the operating budget. We then go through an internal process, which includes what we call peer review. It's department heads and other important staff members reviewing the capital improvement plan uh, for consistency. And as you can imagine, a lot of requests come in for, for money. So it's moving those and putting those in appropriate places and appropriate timing. Uh, The operating budget, we meet with departments after they submit their budget to go through fine-tuning and make adjustments, uh, consider additional funding requests that they have. That is then packaged in December into early January, which results in the production of two budgets, the Capital Improvement Plan and the operating budget. We then present those to the Council in January with hearings then scheduled in early February and mid-February. The first hearing is to go through the Capital Improvement Plan. And the second hearing is to go through the operating budget. Both those are public meetings uh, where we invite the citizens to come talk about uh, what's important to them, what's in the budget, what other things they'd like to see. Um, and then we have what's called the budget wrap-up, uh, which we will have next week, uh, at the beginning of March, which kind of formulates all the questions and comments that we received for, through the first two hearings into a wrap-up budget. Um, which then we're required to submit our maximum tax levy asking to the county schedule a hearing and then the budgets ultimately approved in April okay
0: and I'll, I'll have some questions you mentioned about citizen input I'll have some questions about that as we go along sure. here but and if you could give me what's the top line rough what's the rough estimate for what you think the total budget is will look the total to be budget
1: will be uh, I'm gonna say it's roughly 204 million dollars okay
0: and then let's go, Matthew uh, Ong, with the Woodbrake County Government Budget. From the county board's uh,
2: perspective, we, we take up budgets in a little bit different way than the city. Uh, Bob Padmore referred to a wrap-up session. What the county does is we uh, do weekly budget reviews where we have department heads uh, or elected officials bring in their budgets, and we review them at that time. And when we're through reviews, uh, then we basically have several wrap-up meetings until, you know, we cannot do any more work on the budget and try to get to our goal, which has been for the last several years, a flat or reduced tax rate. We look at improvement requests uh, sometimes at the beginning, sometimes at the end, sometimes during the process. It really depends on how many there are. Uh, this year there were not too many. As far as compiling the starting point, we looked at the budget director and the auditor's office has a lot of uh, you know, puts a lot of work into that so we can have that ready to go um, in January. And so typically every Tuesday uh, before or after the regular meeting, depending on everyone's schedules, uh, we'll have those review sessions and we'll receive the budgets uh, and make adjustments line by line, if necessary, ask questions. Sometimes things get deferred. At this point in our process, uh, we've wrapped everything up with the exception of a few hanging items like medical examiner, uh budget we don't have set yet because we need some more information from the state and to digest that uh, but then we'll certify uh we'll publish i believe march uh 26 is, is a date for uh for that for one of the public hearings and then by the end of april is when we also need to certify because of the change in the state law to allow more time uh, to do that All
0: right okay thank you for that and now from the sioux city school district uh, superintendent rod Earlywine. Again, when do your budget starts to craft the proposed budgets? When do you first discuss these in public meetings, and how far along are you?
3: Okay, thank you. Um, really, we start in October, and the board talks about guiding principles for creating the budget. Really, what are what are the areas, what are the priority areas, and what are the principles associated with, with developing our budget? Um, and then every month in November, preliminary um, spending authority comes out, um, that's every month we present something on the budget to the public and to the board. Um, we really think that's important to keep everybody abreast. Also, we we deal with our physical plant and equipment levy and our um, one cent sales tax. Um, that's separate from the from the general fund budget. So those are uh, two different budgets that we deal with. Um, our, our general fund budget um, for next fiscal year, it will be right at $193 million. It's less than the previous years because the ESSER money is gone. It's, it's, which is that federal coronavirus money. Yes, absolutely. And uh, the uh, Sioux City um, Community School District had literally millions and millions of dollars um, to work with, which we are thankful for. But now we have the funding cliff. A lot of people were hired during that time, and now we have to um, make some uh, reductions um, so we can uh, uh, make sure our, our spending stays within our our, our budget. Yep. So as we move forward, um, the other, you know, we have a nutrition budget that we deal with as well. But the last board meeting that we just had, February 26, general fund revenues and expenditures were reviewed and the proper, property rate um, discussion was had. Um, so again, we're really have our eye on the ball right now. Um, and then By Iowa Code, we have to have two public hearings. One will have uh, a public hearing concerning um, the taxpayer statements that have to be mailed out now to all of our taxpayers. I believe that has to be done by March 20th. Um, The next week, we have a public hearing on that. Um, And then the final public hearing and um, budget adoption is scheduled for April 8th. Okay. Thank you for that
0: and let's uh, let's leave aside determining wages i'll have a question on, later on that but what are the big notables big spending pieces the big decisions that you have or the big new projects proposals that are in, in each of your budgets and let's go with you matthew for the county level first
2: well uh, one of the biggest cost increases i think all three of us have to deal with is wage increases you hear two three four percent you have those are things that you know people expect and deserve and also things that we have to accommodate. So a lot of these things do end up evening out. Uh, we have very few non-property tax funds as, a, as counties that we can tap into to reduce the tax burden. A Couple of those are using $550,000 of gaming funds. Also there's uh, additional interest that we receive because of the federal funds rate being higher than a lot of people anticipated or budgeted for. And so we're using that towards these cost increases rather than trying to find new unsustainable projects to uh, begin.
0: Okay, and big projects at the city, for, for uh, Bob Padmore, big projects at the city and the CIP, notable first time yeah. expenditures, what, what's uh, of note
1: there? Probably the biggest note in the CIP is our reconstruction of our wastewater treatment plant. Um, if you were to look at our budget book, you would see that our capital improvement plan has grown monumentally. Uh, that's one project. That's almost $400 million for reconstruction of our wastewater treatment plant. Um, we also have additional funding for roads, uh, road reconstruction, and things like that, but by and large, our this year's uh, capital improvement plan is defined by the major investment in, in wastewater reconstruction. Um, as Matthew mentioned on the operating side, we're almost 84 percent personnel costs from our tax dollars, so uh, as we, as state legislation has limited our ability to grow our budgets um, based on valuations, that's really started to put a pressure Mm -hmm. on the city as far Mm -hmm. as uh, we don't have a lot of edges to cut, short of cutting employees, and in our tax dollars, almost a third of our, or two thirds of our money for tax dollars goes into public safety, which I think everyone would agree is a high priority for most communities. so, you know, when, when you accommodate for wage increases and just staffing, uh majority of our operating budget goes to that. We have a few minor increases, but I would I would truly uh, classify this budget as just maintaining what we have with limited other changes. Kind of a uh, meat and potatoes budget. Meat and potatoes. Yeah. If you are to look at what we've added uh, there with the hopes that we w- they would have a payback, uh, council's looking at hiring a uh, grant writer's Whole purpose is to go out and find money that... Sure that's out there to help offset our costs um and then just looking at public safety in our community and what we can do to maintain and improve that
0: i do want to ask a follow-up people are always interested i I think on some of the the recreation pieces um anything on the riverfront that's that's in the next cip
1: um looking at uh, you know how to maintain security on the riverfront is an issue of our council but as far as the capital plan uh some smaller projects, but nothing that rises to the level of the riverfront or the Expo Center or Cone Park of past years. Okay. So it really
0: is a meat and potatoes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Continued focus on trails. We received a large grant for what's called the Plywood Trail and yep. other trails in town. So that'll be ongoing, but uh, not a whole lot of new and big things.
0: Okay. And then from the school district, uh, Superintendent Rod Earlywine. Any new curriculum pieces? Any new school additions? Anything in, in there?
3: No new school additions. We will be spending, um, it's estimated, around $4 million to improve air quality and air conditioning in our high schools and the gyms and, and commons areas. I think people are really watching that one. Uh, that, they are That's watching, one that people have, heard, have heard asked for, right? Pretty Yeah, some pretty positive feedback on that. That's been a long time in coming. Um, and again, we'll use... Uh, ESSER dollars for about half of that project and the other half will be one cent sales tax the other dealing with ESSER is about two hundred and twenty five two hundred thirty thousand dollars is again air quality at um, the Harry Hopkins where we have our welding and CNC if you if you go in there the the ventilation is um, not where we need it to be for our students Um, so just redoing that um, with some to improve the air quality there for our students. Harry Hopkins, that's at, on the nor- kind of yeah, north side. Yeah, that's where the building trades. We yeah. also have our auto uh, tech there, and our welding is there as well in auto body. So it's a it's a great program. We just need to improve the air quality there. Um, but like the city, um, over 80% of our um, general fund budget is associated with the cost of just wages mm-hmm. and, and, and benefits. We're, we're very similar. Right. I think most public entities are. Right. Yeah, we're service Um, So that's where the money goes, and and rightfully so. So right now, um, we haven't started negotiating. We have some dates set up, um, so we need to negotiate with our people in in good faith and, again, um, treat them well because we're trying to um, attract and retain quality people. We have shortages. We have teacher shortages. We have uh, bus driver shortages. We have paraeducator shortages, Um, food service shortages. So just about every area of – of, of our school district, d- different departments need people. Yeah. So uh, people that are hearing this, if you're interested in any of those positions, uh, get a hold of our HR, there's opportunity. Just as a quick side question on that, is, it, has that been kind of exacerbated
0: since the pandemic that schools have had even more difficulty in keeping yeah, yes. fully, fully staffed?
3: Yeah, it has. Um, and a lot of it also like substitute teachers um, has been a problem because typically um, prior to the pandemic, a lot of retired teachers would come back and sub. And that became problematic for them health-wise during the pandemic. Then once they they have that year or, or, or longer separation, it's hard to get them back. It's easier to get them back right after they retire because they still have that mm-hmm. that connection to the schools so that's uh that's been problematic as well
0: and i guess a second follow-up question t- to that but and but you've done i remember being at at board meetings that you've raised the wages for for the yes. support people yes cetera, we the have raised the wages you and we need to. Yeah, yeah
3: absolutely and some hiring bonuses associated with those and in the teaching field um hard to fill areas we've um provided bonuses with and uh the other the support staff we we can we did raise their um salaries but um their hourly wages but we need to continue to look at that and and be competitive and i know the legislation has you know they're looking at some opportunities for teachers minimum salaries it started around uh, the idea was fifty thousand that the governor had requested um i'm not sure it'll be 50 but um i'm hoping it's at least 47 5 and then maybe 50 next year that's kind of what i'm hearing but until the legislators get done, you never know where that's going to end up. Right,
0: right. Thank you. And I'm speaking here on What's the Frequency with our guests, Matthew Ung, who is chairman of the Woodbury County Board of Supervisors, Bob Padmore, manager for the city of Sioux City, and Rod Earlywine, the superintendent for the Sioux City School District, about setting their large annual budgets. And these budgets for the city of Sioux City, the the school district and Woodbury County government, they determine the services that people get and plus how, how their tax money gets routed. How much public input are you hearing do people show up at meetings and ask questions or on telling you you're on track or off track and beyond meetings would people do they call do they email to weigh in and matthew let's go with you first what kind of input are you getting this year
2: i consider half of my job to be uh, doing the work and the other half to be communicating what i've done and a lot of times that's complemented you know by the media Uh, without the media we wouldn't have a baseline to speak to our citizens about what's going on because a lot of people just don't show up. Um, what I think would be helpful is if people would uh, track our agendas because a lot of different things that we discuss come up um, and then when they get to a head, you know, then there's a lot of citizen involvement, but typically there's been meetings along the way where different things have been discussed and and, you know, there are many appropriate times for the people to weigh in and we always welcome that and that's why all the meetings are are open. They're, they're broadcast. We upgrade our technology continuously to make sure that it's easy for people to, um, you know, be accommodated. As far as involvement during the budgeting process, it really depends on the issue. Um, when we looked at you know some hot button issues like wind turbines, they may be considered budget issues because they're you know potential income, uh, but those received there were hundreds of people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes controversial issues after the fact uh, get a lot of involvement. Uh, typically, though, there's there's not too much, unfortunately. Okay. And I would really appreciate more. Uh, I remember the first budget I ever approved was a decrease of not only the tax rate, but the actual tax askings, which we all know we can't do forever. Otherwise, we'd go negative. Uh, but that was a remarkable thing at that time in history. And the one person that spoke during the public hearing on the budget spoke against it. Hmm. So from that moment on, I just kind of, uh, reinforced in myself, I'm doing this, you know, for my own reasons, for the right reasons. I'm not doing it necessarily to get the attaboys and, and things like that. Cause those are very sporadic. You do get them sometimes, but in this position, I've been surprised by how much people get involved and also how much they
0: don't. And it's typically different people you don't expect. Okay, Bob. How about for the meetings that you've had thus far on on budgets? I would, I
1: would ecu, echo what Matthew says. Um, we have input year round. Um, we have the phone rings daily, emails uh, with where people want to see emphasis on city services and things. But the actual budget hearings, uh, we we televise them. We make them available through YouTube. Very sparse attendance. Limited, you know, watching after hours of of those. People show up when they have a vested interest or something that really piques their interest. But, um, like like Matthew said, it's it's kind of sad in a way that this much money is being spent with uh, so little interaction from the public. Uh, now you could look at it the other way: they must be comfortable with the direction the city and the community is going, or they would be there and letting you know they aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have but we have our budget hearings, sparse attendance. Um, like I said, people come when they have a vested interest or an interest in something, particularly that's going to be discussed.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to tell I, I'm going to take a quick aside before I come to you, Rodden. I'm going to tell on myself, I guess. But, but as as a, a reporter who's covered city council, school board, county meetings for well 25, 26, seven years, I think now, um, I get I get disappointed when public don't don't show up for, especially during the budget when you know like this is a big determinant of your tax money and such. But then I thought, you know what, Brett, when did you ever go to a city council school board <laughs> or whatever before it was your job to report on those? So so I, t- I take it with a grain of salt.
1: As a result, we rely on the media to get the message out because otherwise it wouldn't leave City Hall in, in large part. Uh, so we appreciate the media. The media comes to our budget hearings, uh, print, it, print and, and television and radio. Um, so we appreciate that or we're...
0: And Rod, earlier on from the school, um, from the Sioux City school district, from the school board meetings that you've had thus far, have you had
3: many people show up and talk about these topics? Um, not really. The, the biggest one we had is when we were um, looking at spending some money on uh, a piece of property. Okay. Um, that was, uh, we had definitely public input there, but typically they, they don't show up um, and say much uh, during our actual hearings for our budgets. Um, districts, uh, school districts are are different than than city and county. Um, Most of our um, budget and our tax rate is really controlled by um, the aid levy worksheet, right? We, the board has some discretion, but not a lot. So we're really, we're really tax rate limited. I mean, if the board said, geez, um, I feel like we could raise uh, the levy another 50 cents and generate X amount of dollars. We we can't do that. We're, uh, it's uh, dependent on per Per pupil cost right now it's seven thousand six hundred and some change um, for this year times the number of students and that really generates uh, the dollars that that you have available so the board doesn't have a lot of discretion when it comes to they have some the tax rate um, n- for next year um, just as estimated that we will drop from. $10.67 from the current fiscal year to $10.44 for next year. That's the that's estimated right now. So we do believe there will be a, a drop and this will be the third year in a row that uh, the, the tax rate has actually dropped for the school district.
2: And if I could, if I yeah. could add into this, it's, it's kind of a balance for all of our entities to try and spur that discussion of the budget and extra meetings when we know we already have committee meetings and budget meetings to deal with that go late. Uh, versus, you know, hoping that the community steps up and invites us or our representatives out to discuss the budget. Uh, the county benefits from rural residents that, by and large, are more plugged into uh, the issues that go on in county government because, you know, it's a county budget. Um, I really appreciate that. It, they probably have less distractions than city folk, and they're, they're just more engaged with county issues and when we get invited out to speak to like the Farm Bureau or anything like that, even the Rotary or different, you know, things like that, it really helps uh, because then you're at least with an audience that wants to hear what you have to say. And I think that when we had the Taxpayers Research Council or conference um, in the past, it really benefited all of our entities because there was that watchdog that uh, was very informed and helped us to uh, communicate to the public.
0: Yeah, I forgot that that is no longer in existence. It, it, it yeah. was a
2: sad. It was, it was
0: sad when it. I mean, that was absolutely a government watchdog, especially during budget time. Boy, I I remember as a reporter and then also seeing those workers, like there would be some nights when when city council would be the same night as as school board and double double, hitting two meetings the same night and such. But being very invested in mm -hmm. getting that information out for people. Yeah. And I'm speaking here on what's frequency with our guests, Rod Earlywine, who is the superintendent for the Sioux City School District, Bob Padmore, who is the city manager for the city of Sioux City, and Matthew Long, who is the chairman for the Woodbury County Board of Supervisors. And I want to get um, a little more into money. Um, Rod, you had mentioned um, um, that the supplemental
3: SSA... SSA, supp- Supplemental State Aid.
0: Supplemental State Aid. Thank you. Um, that, that That's a big determinant of your budget, but that... And you're meeting at the same time that the legislator, legislature is, is carrying out their task, and they're supposed to send that, set that early in the, in the season. They have not to this they point? Have is they okay. have uh,
3: not. They typically violate that law.
0: Pretty typical, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. So what's your hope? How soon will that be coming down?
3: Uh, uh, all indications, uh, I believe it should be, um, if not this week, next week. We should know what the SSA will be. House, as I believe, has already approved 3%. Three per- so is that kind of what you're side. counting
0: on is roughly 3%? Or- well, I'd
3: rather count on 5% just given inflation, right, um, over the last few years. Um, 3% is better than what the governor um, had requested, which was 25 So if it's 3%, it's 3%. We just need to know it so we can plan and, and move forward.
0: Right. And and you also you what mentioned, um, I think, previously, and you're coming up now, I think, March 5th or next week, you're starting to negotiate with your, the teachers union and then also the specialty yeah. workers union. Is that yeah, correct?
3: Yeah, we, uh, we have the, the teachers, the, the CSPA as well. Those are um, administrative assistants and some other uh, individuals. Um, and then O&M, we have to negotiate with them too. So okay. uh, there's a few groups that we negotiate with.
0: And then for either the county or the city, are there any ongoing negotiations that would impact the fiscal year budget that you're setting now, Matthew? Yeah.
2: Yes, we do have uh, one more union uh, group that we are negotiating with at this point. Uh, I believe we have six total. And so it's quite a bit to keep track of as far as what to program in for the annual wage increases. It also dovetails into the difficulty of uh, working with the state when they decide to propose one size fits all increases for all local governments across the state of Iowa. When the county had hosted the legislatures, uh, legislators um, a couple times and asked them where their mind is at when they propose spending caps and increases on things like that for cities, counties, and school districts, because you know, we said, look what we've done. We've been responsible in this area. We have budgets that don't go crazy when we get new revenue. We've policed ourselves. You know, Our tax rate has been fairly flat or decreased over 10 years. And the response was, well, we're dealing with the counties and cities around Des Moines or on the east side. They're the problem.
1: Okay.
0: Bob, anything from the city? Any union contracts
2: that are?
1: We have one union contract that's still outstanding. Um, We hope to have that resolved in the next week or so. Um, So from that standpoint, we're fine. Okay.
0: And before I let you go, um, anything in the legislature, like with Rod, earlier when we talked about um, where the teacher pay sits, where the um, the supplemental aid, where that sits, anything else that any of the three of you are monitoring in the legislature um, over the next few weeks? That... Uh,
3: yeah, um, preschool funding. Um, there's some movement in the legislation, the capital with the legislators to increase that and give more opportunities, especially for um, the lower socioeconomic Um, group of students that we have to be able to serve in preschool for for free. We really would like, you know, all day, every day preschool. We think that's the best and we really believe that would help. SSA is always huge. The the AEA um, restructure is, we've been spending a lot of time on that and what that would look like and, you know, the possibility of Sioux City um, taking the special education on ourselves um, and saving money there. Okay, Bob, Padmore, anything?
1: Not a lot of big things. We're always watching for changes to uh, kind of the economic development laws in in Iowa, in large part uh, tax increment financing. Our growth in in our community is largely on the back of our ability to do tax increment financing when you look at industries in our town.
0: Matthew, anything? Um,
2: I'm still just monitoring anything that has to do with freezing tax rates uh, because that is one size fits all solution that doesn't respect what we have done already. If you've already reduced rates responsibly and then you're frozen there, it kind of makes you wish you wouldn't have done such a great job. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem we have is that we're trying to reduce the tax burden for our people, provide the services we need to, while also
0: preparing for the acts that May or may not fall any given year. Okay. That's a wrap for this edition of What's the Frequency. Many thanks to our guests, Matthew Young, the chairman of the Woodbury County Board of Supervisors, Bob Padmore, the city manager for the City of Sioux City, and Rod Early Ryan, the superintendent for the Sioux City School District. Not only in Sioux City and Woodbury County, but at all Iowa counties, school districts and cities, elected officials have until the end of April to set their next year budgets. And here on What's the Frequency and other Siouxland public media news shows we'll keep you on top of those moves as they happen. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next week. With our new schedule, What's Your Frequency now airs on Fridays at 10.30 a.m. and again on Sundays at 2.30 p.m. Make sure you check in on a few of our Siouxland Public Media music shows that air at 10 p.m. There's Mixtape Dance Party on Fridays and 10 o'clock Blues on Saturdays. For Siouxland Public Media News, I'm Brett Hayworth.